You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Our goal this week is to finish the 10th chapter of Pesachim, which is the chapter we're dealing with the Seder service itself. And when we get to the 10th chapter, we will notice that the 10th chapter concludes with issues of pigul and notar, of leftover sacrifices. And we've all talked before about the fact that there is some kind of parallelism between matzah, which we, if we leave over for too long, turns into chametz. Yeah, if we leave our dough for too long, it turns into chametz, so we have to get rid of it. And if we leave the sacrificial meat for too long, we have to get rid of it. There's some kind of parallel here. So before we enter the 10th chapter, which is going to conclude on these ideas, we need to conclude the third chapter because the third chapter will make clear or the conclusion of the third chapter makes clear this kind of parallel track between chametz, matzah and sacrifices or leftover sacrifices. So that's our task today. We're going to conclude the third chapter and that will put us into a position where we can begin the 10th chapter tomorrow and we will then conclude the 10th chapter by the end of the week. We then take a break for a little while, but the 10th chapter deals with the Seder. So it's very, very important that we do learn it before Seder night. That's the program for the week. Let's jump in now to the um, to the, to the third chapter and the seventh. We're at the seventh Mishnah. Someone who's on his way to slaughter his Pesach sacrifices. So we're the day before the day before Pesach, right? We're on the fourteenth. He's on his way to slaughter his Pesach sacrifice. But maybe he's got other mitzvot to do as well. Maybe he's going to circumcise his son. Or maybe he's going to participate in a betrothal feast at the house of his father-in-law. This sounds like this is his betrothal feast, right? This is his engagement party. So he's on his way to these events. And he realizes that he's got chametz at home. He's out on the 14th. These are all, by the way, mitzvot and the the meal, the betrothal meal, is a, is considered a sudat mitzvah. So he's on his way to a mitzvah, whether it's slaughtering his pesah, circumcising his son, attending a sudat mitzvah. And he remembers he's got chametz at home. What's he going to do? By midday, it becomes um, he's he's transgressed on bal or on bal It shouldn't be seen. If he's able, if he's got time to go back and to destroy it, to destroy the chametz, and to return to his mitzvah, he must go back and destroy it. But if not, if not, there's a get out. If not, he annuls it in his heart. This is the first sight of the bitul, the, annul, the annulment, which we declare on the evening before Pesach and on the day before Pesach. Remember, we, we announce that our chametz is hefker, it doesn't belong to us. It's like the dust of the earth. It doesn't exist in them anymore. If we can't get rid of it physically, then we annul it mentally. 
and this is the this is the first mention of the annulment in the Mishnah. Lahatzil min hanochrim, or min hanahar, or min halistim. What if he's going off to save from non-Jews? Maybe there's a there's a raid going on. I mean, remember the Mishnah is written in Roman times when there were very you know many many dark forces around that could cause damage, or from a river. Maybe there's a flood or robbers or maybe there's a fire or maybe there's a collapsed building. These are all issues of pikuach nefesh, and we know already, for example, that we set aside Shabbat for pikuach nefesh. We learned that in the Mishnah of Shabbat. As far as Pesach is concerned, Yevatel Belibo, he annuls it in his heart. We don't even think in these situations about going back and destroying it and coming back. He annuls it in his heart. There's no hesitation. And if on the opposite side of the priority scale, maybe he's trying to establish, he's trying to rest a voluntary resting. That's the best way of translating the end of the Mishnah. But what he seems to be doing is to establish a Shabbat station. So we learned in Eruvin that if you want to go somewhere on Shabbat, you need to travel out somewhere on Erev Shabbat and put your Eruv in the right place so that you can travel out 2,000 Amot beyond that place. And the Mishnah uses the word Rushutir. It's puzzling because in principle, you shouldn't be using, or we shouldn't be using, the Eruv Tchumim for anything except a mitzvah. But anyway, he seems to have taken, a, a, if you like, a voluntary decision to establish Eruv Tchumim. And Halacharit, but he remembers, he's got Hametz in his house. Yachzor Miyad, he must return immediately. So as far as Pikuach Nefesh is concerned, he carries on. He carries on, he annuls it in his heart as far as a voluntary, something voluntary like the Tchum. He, uh, the, the Matzah, the, the Hametz takes precedence. He goes back and he's going to destroy it. What if, what if he's going along and he remembers that he's got sacrificial meat? Vechain and similes. The, 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 the next Mishnah, Mishnah 8, runs on from Mishnah 7. Vechain. And we'll see, by the way, the, these two Mishnayot are intimately connected. Vechain. Mishiyat sami rushalayim veniskar shiyeshbi adob sarkodesh. Someone went out of Jerusalem and remembered that he had holy meat with him. Why would you ever have holy meat with you? Well, we, we we know there's a famous Mishnah in Zavachim, which is actually part of... Uh, we, we read it sort of before Shacharit in the morning. So it's very, very famous. The firstborn offering, the animal tithe offering, uh, the Pesach offering, their Kedoshim Kalim, their kind of like their lightweight holiness. And we can slaughter them anywhere. And... Um, and um, she never achilatam have a whole nechala quanim, we have Marcel, a whole adam, venechalim behol ha'ir. They are eaten throughout the city of Jerusalem. So these lightweight sacrifices, these lightweight holy things, and the same, by the way, apply to Shulamim and to the Nazir and the Tudat, all these lightweight 
holy things are ne'echalim b'chol ha'ir. They're eaten throughout the city of Jerusalem for two days and one night. So you can keep them for two days after they've been sacrificed. So it's, it is entirely possible that you've got this stuff hanging around. Maybe you've got it hanging around in your in your baggage. Maybe you have a mixture in your baggage of holy meat and non-holy meat. You're leaving Jerusalem. So you've been up there to sacrifice whatever you've gone to sacrifice. Maybe you're shlumim. Classic example. You can offer shlumim at any time. You're on your way home. And suddenly you realize, hey, you've got some holy meat. You remember you are holy meat with him. What's the halacha? If he's past Scopus, if he's already gone past Mount Scopus, he burns it right where he is. So we burn holy meat just like we burn chametz. Ve'im love. If he hasn't gone past Scopus, if not, he returns and he burns it in front of the temple with the wood of the altar pile. In other words, he does what he should have done originally. And for what quantity must they go back? Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir says for both, like an egg. Now, what is both, right? We're only talked about one kind of meat. Both, but remember this Mishnah is the continuation of the previous Mishnah about Chametz. We're talking about Chametz and Kodashim. We're talking about Chametz and holy meat. When Rabbi, when Rabbi Meir says for both, he means both the Chametz and the holy meat like an egg. This is different. Well, we'll let, let's we'll think about that in a sec. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Rabbi Yehuda says for both like an olive. Remember when we were learning the halacha of the dough, which is stuck in the cracks of the kneading trough. We learned that anything more than an olive is material. So the regular halacha. For chametz is that if it's more than an, if it's like an olive, we have to get rid of it. Anything less than olive, we don't have to worry. By the way, crumbs are not, crumbs are absolutely not chametz. Absolutely not chametz. It has to be more than an olive. So Rabbi Yudah says more than an olive. The hachamim omrim, the sages say, and this is the halacha, by the way, basar kodesh b'chazait, holy meat like an olive, the chametz, so we seem to be somehow more lenient with chametz that we remember is at home when we're off to perform a mitzvah than we are with chametz, which is actually sitting in front of us in our house. That's the parallel between burning the chametz and burning leftover sacrifices. They're parallel activities. It must be to do somehow with the fact that, well, you know, we learned that the sacrifices can hang around for two and a half days and then they become invalid. Well, the matzah can hang around for, well, 18 minutes in today's halacha and then it becomes chametz. Stuff that is left over for too long becomes invalid. What do we do? We're going to burn it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.